Well, good morning. My name is Justin Craig. I am the executive minister here at the church, and uh, it's just a privilege to be able to be up here and continue our series called The Gospel According to Satan. See, a couple weeks ago, our lead pastor, Randy, he started us on this series called The Gospel According to Satan, where we talked about the reality of the enemy. Last week, we spent time in the story of Adam and Eve, and we talked about the reality of lies. That lie of, did God really say, you would not surely die? And as, as Randy started this series for us, my mind immediately went to an old hymn. Now, I grew up in the house of a worship pastor, so Derek and I have a lot in common. We get to swap all kinds of crazy stories, like coming home from the park, dribbling my basketball, and I hear music in the distance, and there's uh, our window wide open, and there's, there's mom on the grand piano and dad belting out the hymn as he practiced for Sunday morning. Was it embarrassing? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Happy Father's Day, Dad, if you're watching. Thanks for all that. Like, is that your house? No, but I went in anyway. Um, but hymns have kind of always been a part of my story as a Christ follower. And my brain immediately went to this hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Because there's a line in here that really kind of labels my life. There's a line in this hymn prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And as we've been talking about the gospel according to Satan, as we have been talking about these lies that Satan has that infiltrate our lives, that's where my mind went to is I am certainly prone to wander. Me, I, I, I am an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I work at a church and I am prone to wander. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all sit in this camp of being prone to wander. To, to wander away from the God that we genuinely love, and we know that He loves us. We just sang about it. And so I ask myself this question, what causes our wandering? See, if we know that God loves us and that we, we really do love Him, what drives us to wander away? Well, today we're going to be looking at two verses in the book of Proverbs. Two verses. And, and it's fitting that, that today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Because most Bible scholars agree, agree that Proverbs was largely written by Solomon for the purpose of spurring on his son and the next generation. So that they would acquire wisdom to avoid the pitfalls of the pitiful and to lead to health and success. Now, before we read these two brief verses, I want us to be on the lookout for four key words in this passage that instruct us about what to do and tell us about what God does. So Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it's our passage for the morning, and you have probably read this before. This might be on a plaque in your house if you shop at Hobby Lobby. This might be on the cover of your Bible. It might be on your bookmark in your Bible. But let's see how close it is to our heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Solomon says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not 
lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This is God's word for us today. So what causes us to wander? What, what drives us in the direction away from God? Well, well, it's the lie that this passage addresses. It's the lie of trust your heart. Follow your heart. Your heart is trustworthy. This lie has crept into our minds and into our world and has completely neglected our dire need for God. Because if we, if we can trust in our hearts instead of trusting in our Savior, in our Creator, in our Helper, then we have removed God as our foundation and have started to build our lives on our own. This lie has helped us wander onto this path of self-reliance, self-trust, and self-sufficiency. So how do we get off that path? Well, that leads to our big idea in our passage. Trusting in the Lord leads us down a reliable path. Trusting in the Lord leads us down the only reliable path. A path filled with direction and guidance and shepherding and community with the Father. Trusting in our heart leads us down a path of variables. A path filled with opinions and options and, and outcomes that are all held loosely together by our circumstances and our feelings which fluctuate daily. This, this scripture today gives us four key words that will help guide us from this path that leads to ourselves back onto the path that leads to God the Father. The scripture this morning, four key words that instruct us about what to do and tell us about what God does. The first word is, not a surprise, trust. It's right where Solomon starts. It's a good place for us to start. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Have confidence in the Lord. Be bold. Be secure. Feel safe in the Lord with all your heart. Trusting in God's plan, in God's will, in God's timing, in God's truth, in God's word, in God's son, and in God's way. Having confidence that God will continue to be diligent in his work in our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, and I am sure, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See, trusting in the Lord is being confident that what God starts, God finishes. It's trusting in his presence even when our circumstances make him difficult to see. It's, it's trusting in his plan even when his plan runs just outside of our comfort zone. It's trusting in his timing when it feels like he's late. It's, it's trusting in his truth when lies are overly present. It's trusting in his word as living and active. It's trusting in his will even when it scares us to death. If we're going to open up this jar of honesty this morning, we have trust issues, don't we? We do. We have trust issues. It's, it's easy to talk about trust on a Sunday morning surrounded by fellow Christ followers or at least people who are searching for a better reality than one offered by our culture. 
It's easy to sit down and reflect on how God is trustworthy as we sit in these chairs. With with our Bibles open, with worship pouring out of our souls. But when we're in the trenches, when we're in the storm, when it feels like life is impossible, that's when trust becomes difficult. And honestly, I think we lack trust because we cannot find trustworthy examples around us. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, people are unreliable. We just are. That should be like part of our business card. Justin Craig, executive minister, gonna let you down. That's just what happens. People who are made in the image of God are going to let us down. There will come a time when family is not there for you. When friends are absent, when your church family seems distant, and when your church staff misses your cat's birthday, we're so sorry. We meant to send you a card. We all have trust issues. And to really open this up, we might have trust issues with God. We might have trust issues with God because we felt like he didn't care. Church, sometimes we're going to be in the boat in the middle of a storm feeling like Jesus doesn't care if we drown. We might have trust issues when we feel like his timing was so far off. Sometimes he lets Lazarus die. We might have trust issues when we feel like he didn't deliver. Sometimes Job's story looks like our story. But here's the thing, church. Our trust in God cannot be based on his follow-through of our will. It can't be based on Jesus' follow-through on our preferences or our opinions. But our trust in God must be founded on his will, his direction, and his truth displayed in and through our lives. Trust in God cannot be circumstantial, it cannot be situational, it cannot be emotional. But trust in God still hangs on the cross and still sits in the empty tomb. Solomon says, trust the Lord with all your heart. The heart is not simply the the organ beating inside us, but the word for heart here is referring to the inner person, the mind, the will. The understanding, the thinking, reflecting, the knowing parts of our soul. When Solomon writes that we should trust the Lord with all our heart, he is saying that we should trust the Lord with all our lives. We should trust the Lord with an undivided heart. With undivided thoughts, with undivided understanding, with undivided worldviews, and with undivided attention. When it comes to trust, there is only one worth Trust it. And it is not the one in the mirror. And that's where Solomon goes next. Our first word is trust. Our second word is lean. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. This is the part where it's going to sting a little. Because this, 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 this word here raises a couple of questions for me. What does it look like when we base our lives on our own understanding? Why why does Solomon direct us away from this approach to life? Well, there's two very important words in just this little passage alone. The word lean and the word understanding. 
This word Solomon uses for lean means to trust in or actually physically lean on. It's the word that we get for support. Understanding is referring to discernment and actions and thoughts and feelings. So what does it look like when we base our lives on our own understanding? Well, it means that we are no longer standing on the promises of God, but we are leaning on our own opinions, thoughts, and feelings for support. And this, this is where Satan's lie lingers. The lie of trust your heart. Your heart is trustworthy. Follow your heart. Live your truth. We're starting to see this phrasing everywhere now. T-shirts, bumper stickers, self-help books, lectures, conversations with trusted friends, conversations with other church members, and maybe once or twice in your life, a sermon or two. See, Satan's really clever here. He's really clever here because Satan has taken the heart, which we are supposed to trust God with every ounce of, and he has turned it into a distraction that diverts our attention away from the Lord. If we buy into this form of thinking and lean on our own understanding and we purchase support from ourselves, then we are no longer trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. But we are trying to support ourselves with our own fleeting understanding. We're no longer asking what is true, but we're asking what feels true to me. We're no longer turning to the Lord, but turning to whatever, whatever matches our desires. When we choose to lean on our own understanding, we are no longer recognizing our limits, nor are we recognizing our need for Jesus. And it's at this point, it's at this point, if we're going to make that conscious decision to, to lean on our own understanding, I think it's time we interview our hearts. I think it's time we have a sit-down, face-to-face interview with our hearts. Is my understanding worth standing on? Is my understanding worth anchoring to? Are my thoughts, actions, words, and feelings viable options to build my life's foundation on? Jesus talks about our hearts in Mark chapter 7 as he's speaking with some of the Pharisees. They've asked a question, what defiles a man? And in Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, Jesus says this, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Now, I read this part in a book, and this really convicted my heart. Maybe it'll sit heavy with you too. If these were character traits of a boss or coworker, or, or someone you were interviewing for a position to work on your team or, or to someone to, to babysit your kids, what would you do? Would you invite them in to be an influ- influential team member? W- would this be someone you would, you would choose to follow? Would this be someone you would think would offer consistent support to you? Or would you thank them for coming in, but we're going to go in a different direction? You see, when Solomon says, do not lean on your own understanding, he is saying that we are not cut out to be our own support system. We we are not made to be our own source of truth. 
Our hearts are too unreliable, too inconsistent to hold on to consistently. Our hearts are made to be avenues of trust in the Lord, but they are not made to be the source of truth. Trusting in the Lord with all our heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. If we are giving the Lord our trust with all our hearts, then we have nothing in our hearts left to give to ourselves. Trust and do not lean. Solomon continues with two more key words in verse 6. One word that directs us back to the path of God and another word that tells us why we need God. The third word is acknowledge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him. When I was in high school in Rockford, Illinois, the head nod was quite popular. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's this. The head nod, it was quite popular. You should all try it at some point. The head nod is just the, hey, you see someone else in the hallway, and you, in, in one head nod, you just ask all kinds of questions. It's the, what's up? How's it going? How was the weekend? Is that your new car outside? You going to be in, in, in class today? Are you going to be at practice today? All of these questions happen in just the one head nod. It's you see someone, and you notice someone, you recognize someone, and you want to acknowledge that person in the hallway. Now, Solomon and I did not, we didn't go to the same high school. Uh, so I don't think he was referring to this type of head nod acknowledgement. But when it comes to our relationship with God, I think we do this often. I think we've probably read this verse before and justified our head nod type of acknowledgement towards God. We show up to church semi regularly. We, we, we go to our small group every once in a while. We, we volunteer that one time a month is just great. And we're really good at our Bible reading plan through February. Anybody else amen? No? I had to take vacation to catch up on it. Uh, it was just, I'm caught up now, but I'm there with you. We have taken this word acknowledge and turned it more into a casual relationship with God rather than a serious relationship that is needed just as much as the air we breathe. Solomon uses this word acknowledge, which means to experience God, to have a continual awareness that God is with us, or, or to fellowship with God, or to learn, or, or to perceive, or to find out, or discern, or study, or be wise. And he uses this word acknowledge to demonstrate the seriousness of not just knowing that God is there, but interacting with and spending time in fellowship with God. You've heard me say this often as I preach. The Christian life is not about growing our intellect. It's not about gaining information. The Christian life is about transformation, and, and, and transformation demands a serious relationship with the Lord. Amen. Kevin DeYoung writes in this book that he's just written, he talks about the seriousness of a relationship, called, and his book is called Do Not Be True to Yourself, uh, it's, what I love about his books are they're, they're quite short and very rich. Uh, and, and this book is the same. Now, this quote is going to hurt our feelings. It's meant to. He says, we need to be intentional in our devotion to God, purposeful in our obedience to him. We are high commitment people in other areas of life, but for some reason, not with our faith. 
We can be workaholics, but then we say Christianity is too much work. We can pursue rigorous recreation, but then we say following Jesus is too hard. We can be on diets and exercise regimens, but then complain that Christian maturity demands too much. Acknowledging God is not just recognizing that he exists, but recognizing our dire need for him in every aspect of our lives. That's why Solomon writes the words, in all your ways. In the same way that Solomon challenges us to trust the Lord with all our hearts, we are now also to acknowledge God in all our ways. We cannot trust God with half our hearts. We, we cannot acknowledge God with half our ways. We must be consumed and overwhelmed by God. Consumed by his love and his grace and his truth that convicts us. Acknowledging God is knowing God. Having a continual awareness of God's presence both in times of peace and in times of pain. Being in fellowship with him. This is when we stop nodding in God's direction and we start trusting so much that our lives lead down a path that is surrendered to his will and his plan. Trust, lean, acknowledge, and the last words to make straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. The previous three portions of this scripture this morning have been about what we are supposed to be doing, not doing, and doing. But this part of our scripture, this, this part of verse 6, tells us what God will do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's us. Do not lean on your own understanding. Also us. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Still us. And he will make straight your paths. That's God. What does Solomon mean when he says that God will make straight your paths? When Solomon writes that God will make straight our paths, he is not saying that God will help you avoid any difficulty in your life. He, he is not saying that God's path is the easiest path to walk. He, he's not saying that every movement in the path is going to make sense to us. The words that Solomon uses here literally means a, a focused and directed path, a path that is level and right. See, if we go back and look through our scripture, we understand that Abraham had a path that looked intense to us when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac in order to prove his faith. Moses had a path that certainly didn't make any sense as they're wandering through the wilderness trying to find their trust in God's provision for their lives. Joshua had a path that was well worn by Moses, but he was still told he needed to be strong and courageous. Jesus' path led him to the cross to die. A death meant for us. The straight path of God is not a path free from difficulty, hardship, it's, it's not a path that's, that's free of worry or struggle, but the straight path of God is the path with God. It's a path that we never walk alone on. It's a path that we learn to trust in, depend on, and obey through. 
our family enjoys hiking. Uh, and this really came, came up a lot when it was COVID and all you could do was be outside really far away from other people. We enjoy hiking, and during our recent vacation, uh, we went to upstate New York, which sounds super fancy. We were in a small apartment uh, on this little p- place called Sotus Bay that just kind of leaks out into Lake Ontario. It was beautiful. We went to a state park there called the Chimney Bluffs, and if you ever have the chance to go, you certainly should. The path we started on as a family was one mile to the other end of the park, and it started out winding through these trees, and we were jumping over mud. We were counting chipmunks, 42, 42 maybe. I think we were pretty close. I thought Violet was still in here. We're counting all these chipmunks, and we were watching our steps very carefully. And if one of my kids wasn't out in front of me looking up, I might have like walked right past this opening in the trees that looks like this. There it is. This is the Chimney Bluffs. It's beautiful. There's like a whole little mountain range that you can't walk on because that's dangerous. Uh, But it's just beautiful on the south side of Lake Ontario. I would have walked right past this if one of our kids hadn't stopped and went, whoa. Because my eyes were down at my feet. I was so glad someone else had been looking up. The path, you see, the path we were walking on was too uneven for me to feel comfortable walking without looking. I was expecting to trip on a tree root or into some mud, as I might do. It was too uneven for me to feel comfortable without constantly looking down at where my steps were going. And when we listen to the lie of trust your heart, your heart is trustworthy, we spend the entire time looking down trying to discern whether the next step we take will be a secure or not, trying to figure out where the path actually goes, trying to figure out, is this the right way? When we trust in the Lord, we won't spend time looking at our shoes. We'll spend time looking at our Savior and following Him wherever He leads. It's when we move from navigating this windy road to following after Him. It's when we move from questioning to trusting. It's when we move from wandering to surrendering. When I was on sabbatical, I was able to take, by the graces of my wife, a two-day personal retreat up to Starved Rock State Park here in Illinois. And during my time of silence and solitude and prayer and worship in the middle of the woods, I'm that crazy person where it's like, where's that music coming from? It's terrible. Uh, Oh, that guy's singing by himself. He thinks he's alone. That's me, worshiping in the middle of the woods. I became completely overwhelmed by God's presence on this trail that I've hiked many times before. There's this tree that has fallen over and is now being supported by this other tree, and I couldn't help but looking at this picture and seeing it as a picture of my relationship with the Lord. See, this tree probably fell during a storm and was caught by the other tree. And now the other tree is not just supporting the fallen tree. And you can't tell by my picture here, but it is starting to grow around the fallen tree. And this picture just overwhelmed me. Because I'm sure the tree didn't intend on falling. It it was probably just leaning in the wrong direction, but the other tree was in the right spot at the right time to make the right catch. That's what God does for us. This is why Solomon says, 
trust in the Lord with everything we have. To neglect our own understanding, to acknowledge God, and to follow the path that He has laid out for us. So how do we, how do we clear this lie from our hearts? How, how do we clear this lie from our lives? How do we stop wandering in the wrong direction and start trusting in the right direction? I think it takes three daily commitments from us. The first is a daily decision. A decision to trust and acknowledge God. When we get out of bed in the morning, we need to make the decision that we're going to trust God today no matter what comes our way. Trusting in the Lord is letting go of trust in ourselves. Defeating the lie of follow your heart takes a countercultural decision to follow Jesus. So it's a daily decision. Second is a daily surrender. You see, the decision to trust leads us to the decision to surrender and surrendering our ways and, and our will to the way and will of God. Surrendering our desires to be in control and in the driver's seat. Surrendering our divided hearts, our divided devotion, and our divided ways. Surrendering our sins, our shame, our worries, anxieties, and our burdens over to the Lord because that's where they belong. Surrendering requires the laying down of our preferences, opinions, and thoughts as any form of truth. Taking hold of the truth that is only found in God. There's a daily decision, daily surrender, and daily devotion. It's devoting ourselves to God. It's dedicating our lives to His will. And we see this picture of devotion in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus prays, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In his last moments, before his arrest, his trial, his beating, and his crucifixion, Jesus spent in devotion to God's will. He was making sure that his human will aligned with God's. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it to leave the God I love. Robert Robinson wrote that in 1758 at the age of 22, but he didn't stop there. The next line is my prayer for us. He says, here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Follow your heart. Surrender your heart. Follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father.